0: You have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com/slash host.
1: Hello, and welcome to the Love Life Connection Podcast, a podcast for smart, successful women who feel like they have it all except love. I'm your host, Veronica Grant, a love and life coach, and today I'll be joined by a guest to give you an inside look at the work I do with my clients. This is your opportunity to learn through someone else's experience. They may even ask a question you have or one you haven't even thought of yet. So keep an open mind, open heart, and let's dive in. Hello and welcome to episode number 270 of the Love Life Connection podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm so excited to be connecting with you again this week. And I just want to pause here because I know I say that every week, but I just want to emphasize how true that is. I know there are a bazillion other podcasts you can be listening to even within this space of dating and relationships and love, and you're here. And that is incredibly humbling. So thank you for trusting me and thank you for letting me be a part of your journey. I am deeply and eternally grateful. So thank you. Thank you. All right. In case you missed it earlier this month, I released a four part series called dating in the wild if you haven't listened to that series, I highly recommend you do so. It's really good. I'm really excited about it. I spent a lot of time putting it together and it was a lot of fun to put it together. So I'm excited for you to listen if you haven't already. Um, the first episode was all about why dating in the wild, AKA meeting people organically is way more possible than you might think. You were not, you know, you're not subjected to the apps for all of time by any stretch. In episode two, I talk about three mistakes slash myths, lies women buy into around meeting people organically and in person. And the third episode, I talk about the very first thing that you can start doing right now to help yourself meet more people organically. And then in the fourth episode, I shared a case study of how serendipity can help you meet your potential partner. And the case study was me. Now, I know I've talked a lot about how I met Stevie On the podcast, I did a six part series on how I met him. I released that a few years ago. We re released those episodes earlier this year, so you can take a listen to that if you haven't already. But in the fourth episode of Dating in the Wild, I talk about how serendipity actually played a pretty big role in Stevie and I meeting. So if you're curious to how serendipity works, or at least how I interpret it and how you can apply it to your love life without feeling like you have to live in a rom-com, then definitely check out that episode and really check out all four episodes of the Dating in the Wild series. Now, you'll notice because of that series that the schedule this month got a little bit messed up. So if you're newish to my podcast, just know that the first and third Thursdays of the month, I release a coaching episode where I bring either a client or a community member onto the show, and then I coach them through a question or a problem that they have. And then the second episode of the month is generally a solo episode, so just me teaching on something. And then the fourth episode of the month is usually an interview. Sometimes, actually, lately, it's been me, a solo episode again. But you know, the fourth episode is a little bit of a grab bag. And then if there's a fifth episode of the month, that'll be something a little bit more fun. It could be like a meditation. It could be just, I don't know, something that I want to talk about in the podcast that doesn't necessarily have any to do with your love life. Uh, So that's really the flow of this podcast. Now, again, because of the series that got a little bit messed up. So today will be a coaching episode. And then we'll get back on track next month. And then the fifth episode or the fifth Thursday of this month will also be a coaching episode, just so I can make sure you get two of those this month, since I know y'all love those. All right. Speaking of dating in the wild, the serendipity challenge is coming up and the serendipity challenge. I will teach you how to meet potential partners organically. And as usual, I will guide you through both the inner and outer work to make that happen. So for five days, starting next Monday, so that's July 19th, 2021. If you're listening in real time, I'm going to help you create more serendipity in your life so you can build community and in the process, make new friends and attract potential partners. And if you are introverted or feel like you don't have a lot of time or shy, I got you covered. I'm going to help you around all of that stuff as well. And while the serendipity challenge is really about manifesting, it's not about the law of attraction, because I think that's pretty toxic. I've talked a lot about that on the podcast. I'm not going to get into that right now. But I will be leading a workshop at the end of the challenge called how to manifest without the law of attraction. And that will be for challengers. So if you want to get access to that workshop, make sure you sign up for the challenge. And as soon as you sign up for the challenge, I will send you 25 plus ways to meet potential partners off the apps. So again, to get all of this and join Me next week to help you create more serendipity in your love life, just simply head over to veronicagrant.com forward slash serendipity. All right, so let's get on to today's episode. And I'm really excited about this episode because I think so many of you all are going to be able to relate to it because I know so many of you are smart, successful women in your career and in your lives. And you feel like, you know, every you've got everything going on, right? Like it's just this one part, right? It's relationships. And so if you're not dating or not in a relationship, you can really get yourself into a groove, right? Get yourself into a groove of going to work and maybe eating healthy and moving your body regularly and maybe feeling really confident and just feeling really good in your life and feeling like yourself and feeling like you're moving forward and your life has a purpose and you have great friends and everything seems to be going really well. And it seems like it should be the perfect time to meet someone and add that special someone into your life. And so when then that happens, right, you meet someone and all of a sudden, everything that you've been working for in your life and in your career, you just have this desire to throw it all out the window or the confidence that you feel in all other parts of your life just go pretty much down to zero once you meet this person or especially in the early stages of a relationship. And again, I think you will be able to relate to this because I know so many of you feel like and tell me actually that, Veronica, I have everything going on for me except for this one part of my life. Well, if that's you and you feel like this just desire or this urge that you are trying to shove away or push down or whatever to throw everything out the window and just go all in with this guy and forget your schedule, forget your priorities, forget your boundaries with yourself and the promises you made for yourself, then you're going to love this episode. And I think you're going to find so many actionable tips to really stay on your own personal game and keep with living the life that you want to live and feel the way you want to feel, whether you are within a relationship or outside of a relationship. So as you're listening into this episode, I want you to consider, do you feel like you have to earn someone's love that it doesn't just happen innately, or it's not just something that happens naturally? Is there still a relationship from your past that still haunts you, even though it ended years ago, and you're afraid of getting back into that same type of relationship again, or you're almost just like really upset with yourself and almost sad or mourning the part of you that you're lost, or maybe the years that you lost being in that relationship? And do you feel the need to drop everything so you'll always be available for for the other person so that you can get together and potentially grow and deepen the relationship? And how do you reinforce the belief that love is earned and that it's not something that can happen unconditionally? And do you find yourself giving pep talks about how you can release these old thoughts or fears or beliefs or whatever it is? Or can you really get to a state where you really can be with yourself? So keep these questions in mind, even if some of them seemed a little bit vague and you're not sure where I'm going with it. You'll it'll all tie together once you listen to my coaching conversation with Nielsa. So keep these questions in mind and enjoy this episode. And let's hop right to it. Welcome to the show, Nielsa. How can I help you today?
0: Hi Veronica. I am. I just have a couple of. Uh, not necessarily questions but things I've maybe been struggling with and I I call it sabotage but really Uh it's more um, I'm currently in a new relationship and I see myself not being asked to do it but I'm still constantly fighting (laughs) the urge to drop everything and you know from hobbies to schedules or uh, routines and just kind of devote myself 150% to the relationship And what I'm feeling is I'm overexerted, uh, which I tend to do in work and other aspects of my life. So I guess it's not a huge surprise, but um, yeah. So then I just worry about it and I I feel like I'm just leading myself down a path of sabotaging things and putting too much pressure on
1: everything. Mm -hmm. So when you say you're putting too much pressure, do you mean you're putting too much pressure on yourself in terms of like overextending or putting too much pressure on the relationship in the sense that you're willing to go all in and drop all these other things in your life for it?
0: I think it's a little bit of both. Okay. I think I'm overexerting in order to, I, yes. In order to drop everything. and Okay. 100%
1: present. Yeah. Okay. And is it a pattern for you that you drop everything in a relationship?
0: Yes, I could say that. Mm
1: Mm-hmm. Okay, I say so Tell me tell me a little bit about that pattern, um, maybe in a past relationship that has a little bit more hindsight, you know, hindsight 2020. Um, what do you think makes you want to drop everything?
0: I think it comes from, I'd say, a lifetime of just trying to maybe even anticipate what other people need because you feel you have to prove. I feel I have to prove myself or prove my worth or gain or earn their time and their respect and their love. So I can tie that back, not just to romantic relationships, but to friendships and um, family relationships as well. So mm-hmm. I, I've seen that across many, many interactions in my life.
1: Mm-hmm. And tell me a little bit about family relationships and having to prove your worth. Your worth. Tell me a little bit about um, specifically family relationships and earning your worth.
0: I, uh, and this is something I've worked on, you know, with the professional as well, but it's, I've, I've noticed a desire to just go above and beyond sometimes having to stop and ask myself, you know, why am I pursuing, I don't know, this, this professional venue? Is it because I want my mom and dad to think I'm awesome or to think I'm the best thing in the world? And, you know, that I'm a grown woman. So it's kind of, it's past that time already. So it, it feels like a little bit of a, little little girl trying to still gain approval and, and a couple of claps here and there, you know, and it's, it's it's exhausting.
1: Mm -hmm. Right. I know that that happened. Right. Okay. So you've worked with someone on this and you mentioned little girls. So you obviously know Mm -hmm. you're in the tribe. So you obviously know about inner child work. So tell me what you've learned. Like, what have you learned about your inner child? What have you learned about this pattern and what have you done to already to um, basically, nurture your inner child what's worked so far or at least what have you tried so far is a better question okay so what i've
0: learned is and i'm at that turning point but what i've learned is that i've lived my life for a very long time uh keeping score in relationships almost so they did this so then that means i have to put in this much effort and so and of course that's that becomes very messy After a while, energetically becomes messy and of course in just in daily interaction, it becomes messy because how do you really measure how much care somebody put into something? You know what I mean? It's not a monetary thing. And so what I've, what I've had to do is kind of sit back and anytime I, I engage in a people, that kind of people pleasing, um, kind of manipulative actions, uh, sit and meditate and talk to my inner child about what it is that, uh, That this means for her. So, what were you basically the expectations? So, what are you expecting to get? And if possible, if I can give it to myself, then, you know, kind of flip it and and make it
1: into something that I can do Mm -hmm. for myself. And and is is that helpful, or do you feel like you're going through the motions, but nothing's actually shifting?
0: It's been helpful so far because I do, I have noticed myself not holding on to expectations. Based on what I, how much effort I put in for someone else, and that was a big. That's been a huge change for me. But of course, there's remnants. There's moments where I catch myself. Oh, wait a minute.
1: Right. Well, we're not looking for perfection, by any stretch of the imagination. So, okay, I want to. I'm. I'm a little curious here because I know again, like you've done inner child work, you're in the tribe, so we don't necessarily need to go and do like that whole like inner child meditation process, which I know you've probably done and you, and I mean, I don't mean to like make it trivial, like it's a really powerful process. And I do think that you have, it seems like you have a good habit of you know, doing some, what I call like emotional, spiritual hygiene, just on a more regular basis, mm-hmm. like talk to mm-hmm. their child, but you know, because, okay, well, let me talk to me a little bit more about, you know, this was, this was something that you learned, right? You learned about Mm -hmm. how relationships are kind of point for point, right? Right. You, you didn't, you weren't, you didn't come out of the womb believing that right somewhere that was taught and was most likely taught by your parents or the people who raised you. And Mm -hmm. so you've done the inner child work, but I'm still wondering, it seems like there's still someone or something that needs to be released or forgiven, Maybe a person in your life, a relationship, maybe um, there's a old situation that keeps getting played out in your head. Does anything come up for you?
0: I am still, I'd say, grieving or working on releasing a very long, <laughs> you're going to laugh because I've said this before, a very long situationship. Um,
1: <laughs> that, oh, by the way, everyone, Neil says the one. Yeah. He-
0: yeah I had to call it that because we never had anything formalized or anything like that and I burnt my wheels to the ground I mean I I by the time we were done with that mess of a situation chef there I was a skeleton you know I was a shadow of myself Mm -hmm. and I feel like I'm still working on not necessarily forgiving him because I've, I've understood why he did the thing or didn't do what he didn't do. Mm-hmm. But I think I the hardest thing was, has been forgiving myself for entering into that situation and allowing it to take up. Because it was from the time I was 25 up until, you know, my at least 30, 31. And so it took a chunk of my time and, it, and an important developmental time too. And so that is, I guess it's it's painful still to, to see like, man, this is what I did to myself. So I I can say that that's still, you know, that's still healing. I'm still working on that. Yeah. Even though I've moved on in other areas and I'm very happy with, with the progress I've seen, right. but that does come back. Once in a
1: while. Well, it, it seems like there's some sort of defense mechanism because if you weren't getting any payoff, from wanting to just drop everything in your life and go all in with this new guy, right? If there is no payoff to that, you wouldn't do it. All the quote-unquote bad habits that we have, none of us would do our quote-unquote mm-hmm. bad habits if there wasn't some sort of payoff. Mm. Okay. So in light of this situationship, the old one, and the urge to want to drop everything and just, you know, revolve your whole life around him. What's the payoff here? What are you getting out of this? Hmm. In light of that.
0: uh, Okay. I'll give you a hint. I thing it's
1: probably the same answer as if I were to ask you, why did you drop everything when you were 25? It's probably the same. Right. Right.
0: what, it, what I'm feeling and the first thing coming up is um, continuing to prove or reinforce the belief that you have to earn you know your partner's time or efforts or love or affection or anything that you desire to have from them or in the relationship I think
1: yeah and what's the fear behind if you don't earn this Love, or approval, attention—whatever you want to call it. If you don't earn this, what's the fear behind that?
0: And you don't get it.
1: Okay, you lose it.
0: You All lose.
1: Right.
0: And then, what's the fear behind that? Hmm. I guess failure is what's coming up. Like immediately came up uh, when you asked that question. Failure at relationships, or failure to—yeah, failure to maintain hold uphold your part, I guess, in a relationship or just make
1: it work. Okay, so the fear is like you would fail then at holding up a relationship? Right. Okay, so then what's the fear behind that? You see where this is going, right? We're just going to keep I see, I see where this is going, of course. <laughs> um,
0: of course. Uh, yeah, it's so feels that you're not good enough, that I'm not good enough to to find or have that fulfilling relationship. Yeah. 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 Right.
1: And I've got news for you that this situationship from when you were 25, Mm -hmm. this helped you to reinforce this belief that you're not good enough and you have to do all these things to earn love, get love, all of of that. Right. That's just a manifestation of this belief that's still there. And it's probably a lot older than from when you were 25. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So let me ask oh, yeah. you this, and this is something that's come up on the show a little bit before, mm-hmm. but when you're connecting with your inner child, because I know you know how to do this work, and I assume you're connecting it around um, her not feeling good enough, or her maybe having to get her mom's love, or her dad's love, or whoever the caretaker was. Is that, is that fair? Is that true? hmm Okay. What's the dialogue like with her? What are you saying to her? Can you give me an example uh
0: yes i one of the things i say is that belief that you hold inside because when i was a kid i wanted to i was a big dreamer so that those dreams that are inside of you or that you believe in are valid what you think and feel are valid um nothing that happened around you is your fault um yeah, it, it really does revolve around validation. And
1: okay, perfect.
0: Hopefully that. Mm-hmm.
1: Okay. Now, I don't want to like get into the conversation of there's a wrong or a right, right way to talk to your mm-hmm. inner child, but I do want to invite the conversation in that there are different ways to talk to your inner okay. child. Okay. Okay. And so tell me how this feels different. Okay, this is option A. Option A is okay. Nielsa... You are worthy and, you know, you don't have to earn people's love. Just being who you are, you know, being the person you are, you are right now, you are good enough and you are worthy of someone's love and you don't have to do all these things in order to earn that. Okay. And then that's kind of a butchered version of what you would say, but that's option A essentially. Mm -hmm. Option B is Nilsa. I'm so sorry you feel this way it hurts. It hurts to not feel good enough. It hurts to feel like you have to give everything of yourself. I'm so sorry. And I want you to know that I'm here with you. No matter what you do, no matter if you make the quote unquote, right choice, wrong choice, whether you failed a relationship, succeeded a relationship, I want you to know that I'm here with you. Because I love you and I support you and I'm not going anywhere. Mm. Option B.
0: Option B. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because one is very rationalized and it's what I'm used to. Yeah. Doing. That's A. And there's still, you know, it's still encouraging, but it's not offering the actual warmth and the uh, mm-hmm. the love that was lacking back when, you know, back way, way back when. And so I hear that in in option B.
1: Yeah. Option Mm -hmm. B is what you probably wanted to hear what you, what you Mm -hmm. really wanted when you were a kid. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. And then I didn't know how to articulate. Yeah. And then option A is more of like, um, you know, it's kind of, it's kind of like, so I talk a lot about, you know, in this work, there are four parts. There's the physical, the mental, the emotional, the spiritual. Right. Mm -hmm. And when you're kind of talking at, your inner child or like kind of giving them a pep talk now there might be a time or place for that right like if you're about to like you know you're going on a date and going on the date is imminent maybe a pep talk could be really helpful maybe i mean depending on the situation and what you respond to it could be you're good enough you can do this just show up as yourself right that might be helpful might not but for some people but it could be but that's again it's very it's very intellectual it's very like in the very much of the mental category and, and a lot of affirmations are in the mental category. And that's why a lot of people say like, I say these affirmations, but I, it sounds ridiculous. Like I don't really believe, believe it or it just sounds like mm-hmm. something i never actually say or something like that. And a part of that is because what you're really needing to appeal to is the emotional side, but you're using a mental tool or a tool that's categorized in the mental category. And so what I want to really encourage you to do because you're already doing a lot of this work is just to simply shift it a little bit and look at how you can actually really emotionally be with this little girl who thinks that she has to throw everything at it in order to have a successful relationship Mm -hmm. and really appeal to that fear that she's having. And maybe that loneliness that she feels and that feeling of unworthiness. And you're not like trying to tell her that, you know, she's awesome. She's great. I mean, obviously she is, or you're really just trying to sit with her and be with her. Mm. That makes so much sense. And
0: it's it's actually something I struggle with, with myself. <laughs> uh, it's interesting. I can provide this. I'm a hospice music therapist, and I can provide that to others. And then when I try to do it to myself, it goes immediately goes into logical talk, I'm way more rationalized and emotional. So this is something very important for me.
1: I, I love this. And, you know, it's so funny with so many of my clients, so many of them are doing their soul's work. And what I mean by that is, you know, you're doing exactly what you need most in the world. And so that happens so often, right? Like, often <laughs> yes. What we need to learn, right? Like, I'm a relationship coach because I fucking sucked at relationships for a really long time. <laughs> right. So, right? Like if I had met Stevie when I was 16, we had this like amazing, happy relationship, you know, and we were together like 20 years by the time we met, we're in our mid thirties. Like I wouldn't be much of a relationship coach, maybe like a marriage coach. Maybe, I don't know, but maybe, but like, I wouldn't be much of a Mm -hmm. a relationship coach. I'd I'd have no fucking clue. Mm -hmm. And so, (laughs) and so for, um, so for you, you know, the way that you work with your, with your patients and your, your clients, that's, um, you were drawn to that work because that's what you need to give yourself. Hmm. And that's what you on a soul level is deeply, deep, deeply yearning for. Wow.
0: Yeah. I never looked at it that way. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Okay.
1: So let's let's move a little, um, as we wrap this up, let's move more to the present time and what does this actually look like? So I like to be super practical so that you have like actual tools to work with. So you already have the inner child tools, um, but now you're just going to kind of shift it, shift how you talk to yourself, shift how you relate to your inner child. In terms of, you know, the relationship that you're in now. What do you see as some next steps for you to take so that you can commit yourself to this relationship, but not, what should I say? Overcommit.
0: I see something that's kind of already in the works, but I've been sleeping. I've been putting it in the back burner and it, I've had a change in location. I've had a change in schedule. So it's really finding again, those things that make me who I am. I love to move. I love, socialize. I need live music. And so I think they sound very trivial, but these things are super important to me to the point that I did them them every week. And I've kind of had a hard time finding a spot for that again. And I think I need to just hit the ground and get online and, you know, find another place or another another opportunity to do those things. Because, I mean, it's available everywhere. You can do that. In different places it doesn't have to be where you
1: first lived. So. Awesome, awesome. So, can you commit to that making that happen within the next two weeks? Yes, I can. Okay, awesome. I'll get
0: more specific um, about what we look for.
1: Hmm. And what else? Anything else that you think needs to happen to where you can still have time for this guy, but then also have time for yourself, so that you can really show up, you know, not looking like a skeleton or feeling like one. <laughs> right, right.
0: Anything? Hmm. Else? I need to think about that. Uh, other than uh, make finding a, another way to do the things that I love and make it sacred, just like, for example, I used to play volleyball every Sunday at three. And that was non-negotiable in my life. I mean, I didn't schedule any clients or anything like that. So, and now I've been kind of wishy-washy with it. So I think that will give me a good boost. Thinking back to how I felt, you know, in general, it's very important for me to do that. So I think just finding those things again and awesome. and then moving on to making them non-negotiable.
1: I love that. I love that. So volleyball, music, and um, are you extroverted? Uh, for the most part, yes. Okay. Yeah. I mean, we're all like someone on the scale, but yeah. So mm-hmm. it'll probably be important for you to weave in a lot of social time mm-hmm. as well. Okay. And by a lot, I mean, it's relative, whatever a lot means. Mm-hmm. I just, whatever I need. Mean, yeah. Whatever, whatever you, whatever you need. Um. And how long have you and the sky been dating? Um. About two months. Okay, perfect. So, you know, I don't know if it'll happen this soon, but you know, assuming that it continues, one thing that I find that happens is you kind of get into a routine. Like when I was dating Stevie before we were living together, um, I used to teach a yoga class. I forget. uh, I guess it was Tuesday nights and it was relatively close to him. And so after Tuesday nights was yoga was, I would always go over there. And that just kind of became like a routine. Um, And then that time expanded as we you know, kept seeing each other and got more serious. But I think that it doesn't have to necessarily be like this whole big official conversation. But I do find that, you know, we're creatures of habits, men and women, we all are. And so, you know, over time, I find that you probably got you guys will probably find some sort of rhythm that works for you. And, And the more that you can really get into your own personal rhythm of how you're living your life, the better that as your relationship grows, like you start how you want to grow. Right. So like a lot of times we're in Mm -hmm. a relationship or a new relationship, we're like, I got to drop everything and be always available in case he wants to hang out. Right. And, um, but Mm -hmm. long-term, I think a lot of people think in their head, well, once we like get serious or once we're official, or once I feel that security, like it's, we're in that win, then, then I'll start doing all the things, you know, that I wanted to do Mm -hmm. once I know that we're official or secure or whatever. Um, But the problem is, is that it never actually really works like that because it just sets the tone for the relationship. So the more that you can really get into your own rhythm, then you guys will find a rhythm that works for you. And whether it's like hanging out on Monday nights or Thursday nights or whatever it is, like you'll get into that rhythm, but you want to start how you want to grow because you want him to be not just used to the fact that you have all these other things that are important to you, but you actually want him to dig that and think that's cool. And it's a really great like bullshit-o-meter, right? Like if someone's like, oh, I don't want you to play volleyball. I don't want you to go do this. Then you're like, okay, yeah, dude, peace out. And I'm not saying that's the kind of relationship that you're in, but it's just it's just good all around. Like There's nothing bad that can come from it, from really getting into your own rhythm of your life and then growing from there. Does that make sense?
0: Absolutely yes. Awesome. Yes. And I hadn't thought about that. That that was resonates with me a lot. The starting the way you want it to grow. Yeah. That's a big point for me.
1: Awesome. Okay. Awesome. Great. Well thank you so much for coming on to the show today. Do you feel complete with our coaching?
0: Yes. Yes, very much. Thank you so much.
1: Awesome. Thank you. Alright, thank you so much to Nielsa for coming onto the show today and so bravely and vulnerably opening up to me and then of course to all of you. I know it can be scary and vulnerable enough just to be coached by me or by really any coach. And then to have that conversation broadcasted for pretty much anyone to hear can be even more intimidating and scary. So I'm so grateful for Nielsa and really for all of the women who come onto the show because it's no small thing to do. And so I'm so appreciative of them. And if you're listening, you've been on the show, or you've already recorded a conversation with me to be on the show, know that I'm so grateful for you. And I know that the women listening to this are so grateful for you as well, because you can learn so much by listening to other women being coached, which is why I just am such a big believer in the power of community and small group coaching and healing collectively rather than just on our own. Sometimes that's what's preferred or necessary, but a lot of times the collective power of group healing can just be totally underrated, underestimated in my opinion. So I want to leave you with two takeaways from my conversation with Nielsa today. And like this conversation and any other coaching conversation that I have, there's always going to be a lot of takeaways and little nuggets of wisdom and gems and tips and tools and things like that. But I don't want to overwhelm you because you don't necessarily have to do all the things. And in fact, if you do try to do all the things, then that can be really overwhelming. And leads you to feeling, it's almost like analysis paralysis. And then you can feel almost more stuck than you were before. So I just want to leave you with two relatively simple things that you can try. And sometimes just doing really small, easy things that can lead to really big results. And then once you're feeling good with that, then you can add on something else. You don't have to do all the things and you don't have to do just the big differences or, or the big changes, sometimes really small incremental steps. Are the way to go, and in fact, that's really what the tribe is built around my membership community. Because I don't think it's really even a good idea to try to do all the things at once, because that will lead to disenchantment, and it will lead to analysis paralysis, and it will lead to this belief of like, oh, I have so much to do, and that can—that's a really hard place to be in, and sometimes that can feel worse than where than where you were before. So the first thing I want you to do is just to begin to connect with your inner child. Now, if you've listened to a lot of my episodes before, you've heard me do the, um, take other clients through that, or you've heard me talk about it in some of my other episodes. But just connect with the inner child, and specifically as it relates to this episode, where does this feeling or this belief that you have to earn love come from? When you feel that when you in your heart and your body how old do you feel? Do you feel like that five-year-old who's trying to get the attention of mom or dad? Do you feel like that 10-year-old whose parents are divorcing and they're distracted by what's going on in their own lives and maybe not giving you the attention that you really wanted, really desired, or really even deserves? So what? how old do you feel? What is that little girl needing from you? And how can you really be there for her and be that parental support, be that loving support, that adult support that maybe she didn't feel at the time. And she's been carrying that with her on a subconscious level to whatever age you are now. And then you're just projecting that onto other people, right? Especially to our partners in romantic situations. So that's the first thing. And I know that's kind of like, oh, yeah, just connect with the inner child. And, you know, that's, a big thing but can also be a very small thing right it can literally just be taking a couple breaths every day and just checking in it can literally be just putting a picture of your five year old self on your bathroom mirror and just having her as a reminder there of of who to send love to and who is really needing this attention or support or love or whatever it is um It can just be simple as writing a letter to her. And this doesn't have to be all the time. It doesn't have to be every day. It can just be something that you do um, just once a week, a couple times a week, just to begin to check in so that you're not in this place of needing to get that from other people, particularly from romantic partners or potential romantic partners. And then the other thing of what I talked about with Nelsa is start the way you want to grow. So I like to I do this probably about once a quarter, once a season or so, because my schedule tends to shift as the seasons shift. But generally, I like to pull open my Google calendar and just, you know, first just block in the times, okay, I have clients then or I have to work then or I have to do this then. And so you would, you could do the same thing. Okay, I have to commute this time. I have to work during these many hours. I have to, I don't know, take my kid to soccer at this point or whatever it is. And then from there, you start filling in the other pieces of your life that are important to you, whether it's health or food or spirituality or social time or personal time or uh, time for romantic relationships, time you're gonna focus on dating, but it's pretty much just like putting a puzzle together and and it doesn't have to be like a ton of time that you spend on these other areas of your life. It just has to be something that works for you and then you keep with that as you get into relationships and as you grow in relationships. Now, will that schedule continue to shift? Of course, because if a relationship grows more serious, then there's probably going to be more time that you spend with that partner. But it's not like you throw everything out of the window and forget everything else, but just do the bare minimum. But you're also focusing and spending time on things like your health or your spirituality or social time or your personal time, relaxation time, whatever it it is. And here's the thing that I I just want to say and why I'm giving you these, these two tools in particular together, because I talk about this all the time, but I talk about how you have to do the inner work and the outer work, right? Like you can do the inner work all you want and talk to your inner child, but if nothing actually changes on the outside, then like, is anything changing? I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. Right. Probably not though. If you only look at your schedule and how you're spending time, then you're really going to fall into this trap that Nielsa was in in our conversation and that she was feeling great, like on top of the world, was living the life that she really wanted to live. And then she met this guy and wanted to throw it all out the window. And that's because there wasn't anything in the inner world that she was really shifting in order to give her the strength and the emotional ability to really set boundaries with herself of how she wanted to spend her time in relation to this new relationship. So you really have to do both because otherwise you're just going to be working off of willpower. And as we know, willpower doesn't work. If willpower worked, then we'd all be size twos, you know, but we're not. (laughs) Or I mean, I shouldn't even say that, but like willpower just doesn't work, right? If you've ever tried a diet, then you know that willpower doesn't work. It works for a little bit. You can maybe make it work for a week, a month, maybe a couple months if you're really awesome. But for the most part, at some point, it's going to reach a breaking point. It's not going to work. And so if you only focus on the outer world, if you only want to sit down and look at your schedule and really create what your daily, weekly, monthly schedule looks like, um, you know, in your ideal world and your ideal life, then that's beautiful. But the second something comes in and throws, you know, throws you off or, adds to the mix, then it's going to be really easy to fall into old habits and into old patterns without that inner work of like, hey, I don't have to throw everything out the window in order to receive love. So the two things that I want you to focus on or to work on from this episode, especially if you can really relate to Nielsa's question, is to really engage in an inner child practice, like just add it to your meditation routine or your journaling routine or whatever it is that you're already doing. Add a picture to your, um, put a picture of your 10 year old self or however old to your bathroom mirror. It can be really simple. doesn't have to take a lot of extra time and then sit down and look at your calendar. And it's literally just like budgeting out your time, the way you might budget out your finances. It's really no difference from that. Okay. Before I let you go for this week, I have one more announcement. So I call this the ideal life calendar. And to be clear, this is not about creating a rigid schedule for your life. It's about looking at large time chunks like the mornings, the evenings, and weekends and mapping out how to dedicate time to focus on your love life, your spirituality, your community, the things that are important to you and that when you accomplish goals within those parts of your life, you're going to feel like you're moving forward. So this helps you to not just spend all of your time scrolling, swiping, or binging Netflix. And then if you do want to do those things like scroll or swipe or binge Netflix, then you don't have to stress about like, oh, I'm not getting other stuff done because you've kind of looked at all the areas of your life and you um, kind of figured out when you're going to do different things. And by the way, if you're listening to this episode in real time, next week I'm opening enrollment for Dating Without Swiping, which is my four-week-long coaching community about, you guessed it, dating without swiping. As soon as you register, you get access to Lesson Zero, which is how to make more time to date, where in detail, I will go through with you setting up your ideal life calendar so that you can have time to meet people off the apps. Now, I'm not going to talk too much about dating without swiping right now. You'll hear about that soon. Just know that it's coming. And please also know that if you're interested in it, I do have an early bird discount that will be expiring soon after enrollment opens. So just make sure you're on my newsletter and keeping your ear out uh, so that you can nab that early bird discount if that's what you want. Okay, for now, if you haven't signed up for the Serendipity Challenge, now is the time. So if you're listening to this episode in real time around July 15th, 2021, we start on Monday, July 19th. And if you're listening to this episode a few days after July 19th, it's definitely not too late to join. You'll still get access to all the challenges, including my PDF, 25 plus ways to meet people off the apps, And you'll still be able to attend my workshop to wrap up the challenge, which is about how to manifest without the law of attraction. So again, to sign up for free, head over to veronicagrant.com forward slash serendipity. And just to remind you, the serendipity challenge is about you creating more serendipity in your life so that you can build your community and in the process, make new friends and attract potential partners. It's really all about creating the opportunity for magic and the unexpected to occur. I really just love the concept of serendipity. I think it's one of the most beautiful concepts out there. I just think that the rom-com world has poo-pooed all over it and made it seem like this unattainable, unrealistic way to meet your perfect person. And look, you know, if you want to watch those rom-coms, I watch those rom-coms. I love it. I get wrapped up in it. But we also know that's not really real life. But I do think there are ways to bring magic into our lives. And I really do believe that serendipity can be a way to create really beautiful, seemingly, but although you know, it's not random occurrences that can just lead you to wonderful places, including your potential partner, but also wonderful friends and opportunities and career moves, all, all sorts of things. So if you've been wanting to start rebuilding your life post-pandemic, and I put that in air quotes because I am fully aware we are not fully post-pandemic. However, vaccine is making its rounds in many parts of the world. So life does look very different than it did a year ago. This could be the perfect thing to not just give you the motivation to start rebuilding your life, but a framework that's completely doable. And remember, I'm a Capricorn, I like steps, and I like action, and the Serendipity Challenge will definitely reflect all of that. So again, we start Monday, July 19th, and I'm just so excited. Again, that link for you one more time, veronicagrant.com forward slash serendipity, and that link will also be in the show notes. So if you're listening on Apple Podcasts or wherever else you're listening, if you just go to like the show description. There will be a clickable link where you can just, you know, tap your thumb or tap your finger and get right to the place you need to get to, to join us. And I will see you in the community Facebook group for the challenge as well. All right, my dear, that's all I've got for you this episode. Next episode, next week, I am talking about how to know if someone is compatible for you, especially if you don't have a profile plastered to their back. I will talk all about that and I'm so excited. See you then. Thanks for listening to the Love Life Connection podcast. You can find the show notes for this episode at veronicagrant.com forward slash podcast. And that's also the place you can sign up to be coached by me here on the show. And if you love this podcast, please leave a review over on Apple Podcasts. It helps more incredible women like you find this show and find real love. Until next time, remember, wherever you are is exactly where you need to be. You're not broken and you don't need to be fixed. Just because you've never had the relationship you want before doesn't mean you can't have it now.
0: Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time.